vampire da, 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 and use like some jazz hand sounds and then people be distracted greetings and welcome to carpe noctum the podcast where we discuss all things vampire this episode will be a discussion about the vampire chronicles themselves the vampire world that mixes in with our own created by Anne rice in the 70s with me is my special guest haku hello hi and i think first we're going to get started with a general recap on the 13 books the two movies and the one musical that came out of the mind of Anne Rice and her vast world that she created yes um fun fact she was named Howard she was named Howard by her mother because her mother thought that in life she would succeed more if she had a male name wow that's a very old-timey thinking yes but anyways, and right. But luckily, she didn't need the the male name to be successful. So Certainly thank God for not. that. And for today, and Rice. <laughs> yes. So we we've moved past the the need of female authors to have a male name to get anything published. <laughs> it's good. It's good to know. Seventies, we're on it. All right. So the first, well, yeah, thirteen books is Interview with the Vampire. Um. Yes. Which is all Louie, who is your favorite? Yes. Yeah. And then the rest are all the stuff. <laughs> For the most part. Yes. There is one that's Armand, which is my favorite. Um, and then I think there's one that's sort of like through the point of Akasha and like her history. Yes. And then Marius. And then there's the whole crossover with her witch series. But we're not going to delve too much into that because... It's not vampires, and that's a whole other thing that I didn't really know about until recently. Yes, didn't the witches like make Akasha, right? The twin witches? Yeah, yes. I think so. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're not invited to this vampire party. No. <laughs> Sorry, Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think the predominant character is definitely Lestat. He kind of took the world by storm. And it's interesting, the different portrayals of Lestat. Yes. Um, and we didn't, we don't have too many on film yet. I wonder if they no. are going to make films of all of her chronicles. That would be quite a venture to do. But... I feel like it's going to be on like the same level of like Chronicles of Narnia, where like they have plans to do all of them, but then like, it kind of falls flat early on because like after Queen of the Damned we haven't had another film and that one was it was not well received um, it was not because it was very <laughs> not based well on the source material it was pulling from no it, it left a lot of confusion because there was a lot of things that weren't explained because I think they were focusing more on Lestat and the, the rock and, star. Yeah, they were very much focusing on the rock music. It almost took up 80% of the film. And yeah. that's not... I mean, if we if they were doing the um, book like Lestat, like if they were, if it was based off the film for his book that came right after Interview with the Vampire, that would make more sense because he, yeah. he was awakened from his coffin by 80s music yeah so and it was and like they sort of touched on that but it was more you know the like 90s early 2000s goth rock music yeah. and not the 
80s music. Yeah, and Queen of the Damned is more on Akasha, and they didn't focus enough on, enough her. on her. They really didn't explain her well at all. So it's just kind of like, here's this random vampire Egyptian queen. BTW wants to kill almost everyone. And yeah, uh, sort of succeeds, sort of. And then, you know, they put a stop to her. But like, there was a lot of things that they didn't touch on, like the twins. I think it was just morphed down into just the into Jesse. Also, they got Lestat's maker wrong. Oh, it's not supposed to be Mary. It's supposed to be Magnus. But you know it's so hard to change a name sometimes <laughs> right well i think they wanted to like have more emphasis on marius because he does have a more important role throughout the books than magnus did because magnus like creates Lestat and then kills himself because he was crazy but like i don't know i guess they just didn't want to introduce another character even though they introduced like they introduced like pandora and like all the other vampires but they didn't like put them by name they're just like oh and then these people here Yes, <laughs> or I guess not people. These vampires I, I, here that like... these guys over there. Interview with the vampire. So I know that it was written um, by Anne Rice within five weeks, um, and it's because she lost her daughter uh, to um, leukemia, and she threw herself into grief. Like in her grieving process, she threw herself into writing and wrote this within five weeks, um, and kind of like it feels like claudia like vicariously lives like as her daughter in in the novel bringing her daughter back in some way and so it's a, it's a, an almost repetitive grieving process because we do lose you know louis loses claudia yeah and then like they bring her back in the later book in like a ghost form for louis so that's interesting that like her spirit lives on in Claudia. And then even though Claudia has gone, she still kind of lives on in the books too. Yeah. Um, and I think she might, maybe she saw herself a bit as Louis. And I think her husband is Lestat in a way. I've heard that noted that that's how she kind of um, carried on into the novel. So, which is perspective, like just in, just in yeah. the appearance of, dealing with claudia which mm-hmm. then arises a lot of questions that we're not going to go into like so yeah right like, don't think too deep into yes. that just you know oh, that's a fun little note but it's but the movie does do very well adapting the book mm-hmm. it, it feels like lord of the rings it's like there are some segments and details left out but but yeah. as a whole you can't be displeased with it if you read the novel it's yeah maybe even Anne rice had a hand in guiding the script but i'm not 100 percent certain so um they don't not really sure who like really wrote it and it was directed by neil jordan but um i don't think they actually know who like really wrote full on the script or was a combined um effort so yeah it might maybe it was a combined effort which is why it isn't really fully known who wrote it just kind of yes giving everybody credit for it and by not (laughs) (laughs) and a fun fact about filming when the anyone who was a vampire had to hang upside down for 30 minutes um so that the blood would rush to their head to have the veins and then makeup artists would come in and emphasize on them with makeup 
Okay, I was wondering how they did that. But I love that because like, they didn't just take like, like a stencil. And... <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so it's like to yeah to make them more predominant, it's like you know shade in where the lines were appearing. But I I I like it because like you know the whole thing vampires can turn into bats and bats sleep upside down and I'm just kind of like yeah, you guys had that's fun. you guys had like part of the whole experience of being a right <laughs> being a bat for like thirty minutes when you film yeah so. <laughs> I didn't know that, um, but I'm especially interested in the fact that Tom Cruise, it's the only film with Tom Cruise that I I like him in, <laughs> and he doesn't feel like he's playing Tom Cruise, you know? He yeah, doesn't. He does. I feel like all of them do such a good job of not being themselves, like, I often forget that that's Brad Pitt, and, like, I often forget that that's Tom Cruise. I mean, Antonio Banderas, I mean... You can't really take the Antonio Banderas yeah. out of the Antonio Banderas, especially when he's so far from like the how Armand is supposed to look. But I don't care. Yeah, no, it's no one actually like really protesting. No one that. cares. Uh, but Tom Cruise was not a ch- choice. Not even one of the first choices. There was like so many actors offered, even Johnny Depp and uh, Christopher Walken. Yeah, Christopher Walken the part of Lestat and so like when he was casted Anne Rice was so mad and was like this is a horrible casting choice I'm so mad I don't even know if I want to see the phone and Tom Cruise I can see that like and Tom Cruise actually (laughs) was so determined to prove her wrong he lost weight to get his cheekbones to raise he he read all her books read Interview with the Vampire again. He went to France. He studied all the time period. He, like, he went... He studied... He did his oh, homework. Yeah, he studied, like, animal... Um, predatory animals, hunting prey. He did... Immersed himself in it. And I was like... And he did prove her wrong. She actually called him on the phone to apologize when she saw his part to be played. She she was she wow. was so floored by the way that he did it. She actually called him to apologize. And I, you know, I'm like, you know, yeah, you got a solid cast. Brad Pitt hated the part he was in. Um, six months in, he asked the director, "How much would it cost for me to leave this?" And he said, 40 million dollars." <laughs> and Brad was like, "Okay." And he said, like, "He's like that put my anxiety at ease." And I kind of just said, "Okay, I've got to." suck it up and, and get through it um he's very uncomfortable um i don't think he really liked louis as a character and um he, the contacts were extremely uncomfortable and um yeah. a lot of other things so but i mean all the mailed it and kirsten dunce obviously was so Amazing. so mature in her part yeah. and i yeah yes, and i know that claudia originally was like five in the book and glad they aged that up i I think it'd be very difficult to work the five-year-old to play that kind of mature role so yeah especially mm-hmm. with how they i mean both this and the musical really delve into her wanting to be look older yeah. and like as a five-year-old that would have been very uncomfortable for most audiences yeah so i they had a phenomenal cast and, and antonio yeah. Mendes was a good i understand that Armand is like a beautiful auburn hair, seventeen-year-old Russian, you know, like like yeah. vampire. But um, I think they also had a problem with like the 
like the uh, like homosexuality feelings are kind of like and they don't want to they didn't want to place someone who's like 17 year old and then like do the the wrong implication that like homosexuality equals pedophilia because it's wrong yeah you know it's wrong and they were trying to be really careful about that but you can also tell that since it was made in the 90s they obviously downplayed the romantic feelings between uh, um yeah Lestat and Louis yeah though um it feels like it's more like just like a like an a, a, a like a biromantic asexual relationship really from uh is really yeah. what it feels like i think that the vampires in this make more so emotional connections to who they can thrive off of um yeah they show definitely not so much a physical romantic relationship but more like a companionship yes to get through life oh, yeah no it's the years it's, it's i love it because it's it's a perspective of vampires coping with being vampires in their own way and yeah there's like all the broad spectrums brought to you between all the characters that are presented so yeah. they all like this is how like Lestat copes with it and he's gaslighting to keep louis near and you know and like all this other stuff and then like louis tries to like have some feeling and connection to humanity even though like it's it's gone his you know his you know he's not human anymore so it's very interesting um i like yeah the brooding vampires that we all want (laughs) yeah like one thing that's interesting about it is that up until this point we had always kind of had just like a single sort of vampire monster like i mean dracula Mm -hmm. he had his wives but like he was constantly seeking you know companionship throughout the years and sort of carrying on his name that's what he was doing with like the babies and all that um but like you always sort of saw like i mean through nosferatu and salem's lotto is always just kind of one single vampire where this we are introduced to like a whole community of vampires and it's introduced very well because it's not just like bam here's 20 million vampires at you it's like first we have like the introduction of lestat and like louis and then you get claudia and then like him and claudia go off to like search for other vampires and even that's like a struggle but then when he finds like a small community of them it's sort of introducing the idea that they all you know there are vampires in the world you just they'll find you you can't find them (laughs) make sure they find them (laughs) yes (laughs) unfortunately and it was mm. yes but it's partially like lestat's fault for telling on you know claudia for what claudia attempted murder him yeah mm, yeah yeah but then that also introduced the like before vampires just kind of did whatever they wanted in like media but like now they have rules you know don't kill your kind um things like that like don't you know you shouldn't make a vampire that young yeah she she definitely created a huge portion of lore that has that gets used commonly now which and the i did like the concept of you can't drink dead blood dead blood yeah i really like that too because it's not alive and fresh it's almost like you know we can't it's like us eating rotten meat we just can't do it you know 
Yeah, I mean, we can, we but we should. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can we eat whatever want. we want, but we should. Good luck to you, my friend, if you decide to eat rotten meat. That's what garlic's for. Yes, just sprinkle garlic and onions <laughs> on it. You won't even taste it, the rotten part. Exactly. It exactly. will taste beautiful. Speaking on, like, how it has, this particular series has definitely influenced more modern, you know tropes of vampires it definitely addressed some things like before specifically like sunlight before it was just kind of like oh they shouldn't be in sunlight or they're weaker in sunlight but like this one's like nope you straight up die (laughs) you straight up die um i think it was what was lestat said like if you are separated from your body burned by fire or put into um light i think were the three it was something like that, like, yeah. you know, decapitated, you can't put yourself back together. That kind of stuff uh, yeah. cut in half, like, Louis going whole ham on them. Yeah. In vengeance. <laughs> yep. In vengeance. <laughs> and um, the movie did miss out on, I mean, I understand. I understand you cut for time. But, like, um, Armand, they show a scene where Armand and Louis and kind of, like, end their friendship and part their ways. And then we get into Louis saying, oh, I went back to America. But, like, Louis and Armand did travel together for a couple decades and they recently ended up back in America was because Armand asked to see where he had lived and then Louis realized he couldn't get over Armand's part in Claudia's death or the fact that Armand could not offer him the answers that he wanted or, or the meaningful purpose of being a vampire and Armand's just like okay is there anything else I can do for you and then just pieces out so yeah they were together for at least a couple decades after yeah well one thing that like that movie doesn't touch on because it doesn't really mention much in the because like all these different books are on different point of views of the different vampires and how they viewed their story so you're just kind of getting a whole bunch of different stories and it's kind of like up to the reader to decide like okay well what really happened what how really are these characters so like Armand is definitely more um conniving yeah i guess he's definitely you know has ulterior motives and like you really get that in the musical hands down you don't get that in queen of the damned because he only has like two lines in there (laughs) (laughs) but like and then you you kind of get that sense in interview with the vampire but like because louis doesn't know that part of him you don't get the full armand in it yeah so um we would definitely like to see more Armand, but uh, <laughs> that's basically, yeah, basically what we're, what we're saying, saying here. Like, Armand, <laughs> I think, didn't he um <laughs> kinda use his mind manipulation to get Louis to create um what was her name? The woman that uh, Claudia wanted. Yeah, I I think, but yeah, because he thought that the parting of Claudia would be easier because he, I know he wanted Louis all for himself. It was something along that line. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, like the ability to like read minds that doesn't get like honed in on, and I think later he learned some other techniques as well, like levitation or something. But like they don't emphasize it. I think why he kept it to himself because like he knew that louis already hated the like kind of loathed him and being 
like Logue being a vampire didn't want to make it worse and be like, BTW, I can yeah. read your mind whenever I want. You know, because then how are you going to be able to trust someone that can always read your mind? So, right. Um, playing it pretty carefully there. So, what's well, another? You see, she introduced like other, I guess, powers that they have. Like, that's um, the like head vampire for the theater of vampires I could read Louis's mind as well. So, like, they have other powers oh, yeah. that like aren't really fully explored but they're there, they're there. <laughs> wait what was the head they're there name? he oh my god he has a name he mm, does have a name and like it was the one that spotted them right under the bridge yeah 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 he's the one that made contact with them <laughs> find it yeah like can find it real quick <laughs> uh uh, it's Sorry, you're not Armand, Armand, so we just don't know your name. You're not Armand or Louis. Yeah. Or... <laughs> so in the musical, Lestat finds Armand, and like he has this sort of cult. I guess it's also in the Lestat um, novel as well, because the musical is basically based on okay. the vampire yeah. Lestat, which is the second book. Um, but so he finds Armand, and Armand has like a shelter of basically a cult of vampires that he's like protecting and kind of fear-mongering them that like the outside world is a mess. <laughs> the uh, human world is a, is a mess. <laughs> so he's like keeping them down. He also is like using like God and the church against them um, and like crosses and a fear of that as well. Uh, but like Lestat's just like, yeah, no, we don't have to fear those things. You guys can go and live a life. And then he kind of supplies him and his mom kind of supplies the idea of, the theater of the vampire so it's all it's all coming together here's another theater for you <laughs> right yeah but like i love the idea of vampires oh yeah to be vampires to humans, pretending to be vampires killing someone people are like it's acting yeah right he's fine That's right good i feel like they should have like the vampire should have gotten more more food that yeah. way <laughs> It's like hiring actresses, hiring actors for our stage production well, of Armand... whatever. <laughs> Julius, yes. Julius Caesar. Perfect. And then. <laughs> um, did you find the name? <laughs> I did not know. It is. It is. That. It is not important enough for is, at least Wikipedia. It's the guy. It's the... He does. But he does he have does. a name. Um, and um, in the film, when he does the weird dance like to after mirroring like uh louis um movements it does that weird dance in front of him and then it goes up to the ceiling or on the it's actually based off fred astaire's dance so i i very much like i forgot what film it is fred astaire but fred astaire also does a dance like that on the walls as well so it was like his homage to I swear it was a normal name. I swear it was like an, yeah. an Anthony or something was the guy's name. Yeah, it's I'm, I'm like determined to find Who's this the, now. Who's the vampire? The next half an hour spent trying to <laughs> the find the podcast. And his name was. <laughs> um, yeah, right. But Anne Rice's books really brought the sexy to vampire. That uh, we can also uh, they were really 
There we go. Santiago. That was definitely that was definitely not Antonio, it. but or Anthony, but uh, you were like combining Armand yes. with, uh, with Santiago. There we go. And that guy. <laughs> that guy. He does show up like he's like one of the very last at the very ends when like they create their own little community worlds. He's one of them at the very end. So he comes good. back. Good Weird vampire good for you, comes buddy. back. <laughs> you may. Yeah. <laughs> as well as the interviewer who interviews Louie, who gets turned into a vampire by Lestat. He also is there at the very, very so end. Did, I can't like, did he actually in the books? Because like, in the film, it just shows that like I like Lestat's in the wrong place. I mean, he's supposed to be in a coffin, but like, but like, just shows up in the car. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm yes. Driving. Yes. You know, but like, <laughs> it's like I'm gonna drive from San Francisco all the way to New Orleans, and I'm and, sleeping for a few years. <laughs> but I guess it makes sense because I think we wake up in the '80s, right? So I guess it makes sense. Yeah. So okay, I get it. But like in, um, Louis gets so like kind of agitated with the interviewer that he drains his blood almost to yeah. death and and they ask him you know like am i going to die and he's like i don't know and walks away and walks away like <laughs> you know and so then he wakes up in the morning and he didn't die and he tries then he goes to like lestat's address like he knew where he was or like location and that's like i think that's the last thing in the book right and he starts walking towards yeah. lestat's address <laughs> i guess it's coffin address it's kind of left up but like Lasat is the one that actually like gives him the dark so do they gift. do a lot more of like Lestat's like gaslighting in the musical sort of it, his portrayal in the musical is interesting it's definitely because he's yeah. you know the title character and the you know the leading force behind everything in it he's kind of calmed down a bit he's more relatable i guess um i don't know why because the musical didn't go on for very long (laughs) but it is definitely more i think he's more definitely more subdued in the broadway version there was like the first run was in san francisco which i'm upset i didn't know (laughs) but Mm. right right but um but so he's definitely kind of you know, Gaslighty in the first in the San Francisco production, but he's definitely, but not as much as in the film of Interview with a Vampire. And then he's definitely calms down a bit more for the Broadway well, production, guess... which is weird how different those two productions ended up okay. being. Yeah, because like I mean, he's angry, like sadistic, and um, gaslighting. Yeah. And he's tormented in his own way i think it's because like his father is still alive btw like they don't really make note of that but um yeah well because the focus kind of shifts from his father his like yeah, his, dad, abusive. his dad's abusive so i understand father you know and then his his ma- and your maker like and more goes, focus I'm on i'm not gonna teach you anything by i'm just gonna uh, and i'm gonna go die now off myself yeah <laughs> to go off so, myself like, yeah being, like <laughs> you know angry tormented and 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 he he almost like repeats the same thing because he except for killing yeah you know but like he gives it to louis with no valid information or any kind of 
you know, anything to give him for being a vampire. Any any reason, just devoid of information and uh, even devoid of giving him really yeah. a romantic or emotional connection because of the way that he is. So, you know, it's like... Yeah. And you got nothing, Louie. He kind of does that for, yeah. like, a lot of people that he turns. He's just kind of like, I turned you, go off. Like, even his mom. I mean, he has the emotional connection with his mom. But, like, once his mom becomes a vampire, she was like, I'm not going to be known as, like, your mom. I'm now going to be Gabrielle. And that's what he calls her from then <laughs> on. He doesn't call her, hey, mom. Um, <laughs> so, like, and then they kind of go their separate ways. Because she, you know, has been held back by her husband all this time because she was also abused by him so she was like i'm gonna go off and see the world and do all these things that i hadn't been able to do before so like she pieces out and he's just like cool you left me that wasn't the point of me turning you so he's just he's you know been abandoned a lot as well to abandon him i'm so yeah sick of him it was he saw in Lestat everything he loathed of being a vampire. So, um, but Louis also mm-hmm. had a um, superiority complex, which they never emphasized on in the, the oh, yeah. movie. They made him um, that somber, brooding, tormented focus. Um, but yeah, he's like basically almost not long after transcends into I'm a better vampire than my own creator complex like um and yeah. you know i th- it can it really i think it stems from just like he was a, he was a he was a landowner he owned the plantation and he and he had money and he had wealth and yeah. um superiority complex came from that and lestat was a commoner so um i think that's where it uh definitely is to stem from it just <laughs> turns this yeah. as part of your um personality the film and the musical don't really touch on very well as like the sort of historical and political influence like you yeah. see time pass through like different characters through their different novels which is you know great because it really emphasizes how vampires live and like you like in the movie you get how time passes based on <laughs> if you know historical yes. costuming <laughs> like I do then you can tell which time period it is I think the only time that they actually like they say like 30 yeah. years passed after they made Claudia and like things like that but you really are based on costumes and you don't really get it much through like how they interact with other people Um, like obviously historically there's different stations there's different you know levels in life you know you got poor middle class upper class you know owners of plantations and large estates and things like that that like yeah they're kind of a human trope but like it also is something that isn't explored as much well, think, with the vampires oh, of course I feel. Not, like, what is or emphasize as much at, this, at that point they just it all melts yeah. together because they're not going to die unless you know very rare unfortunate circumstances like you you kill somebody yeah, and then you like gotta meet the sun decide to step out in the sun and end it all like <laughs> it's and um also right noted that um another book and movie differences which is like my favorite thing to ramble on about um ever in oh and everything <laughs> um is 
Louis was not grieving his wife and child. He was grieving his brother, who um, no. he his brother was basically like, um, I need money. I'm supposed to go. I, I, I've seen what I'm supposed to do. And I think I had something to do with the church or something and leave. And, and Louis like, no, I'm not giving this money. And his brother fell off the balcony and died. And he basically couldn't convince himself that that wasn't an accident. He thought that his brother had like killed himself because he wouldn't give him money. So like, so he was grieving his brother and Louis mm, also had a sister. Yeah. I understand that he somehow concealed his vampirism from until she was old enough to get married and move out. And so um, apparently it was very, it was in the, in the movie they show like them openly sitting there as vampires and him having his servants serve him in the household and they even go to parties right yeah. so like but apparently in the book is, yeah they will t- they'll be able to tell that you're a vampire right off the bat there's they would be able- so they tried to conceal their vampirism yeah. more so um i guess it's a very strong physical difference you get i mean i know you get like extremely pale you know veiny and uh, your teeth if you smile someone's gonna see it you know but like but like i'm just like yeah like wow like the fact that you had like louis had to be hooded in some scenes you know it's like maybe their eyes also like piercing yeah 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 well i I mean they have the piercing eyes yeah piercing eyes overnight I mean, you can enlarge your pupils yeah, with yeah, the oh, little, yeah. you know, belladonna yeah. drops and things like that. Um, yeah. <laughs> As they did. But, um, <laughs> I understand, like, cutting your um, sister for time, like, in the movie. It's not huge, you know? Yeah. But, like, so I don't... get rid of your sister. I guess they just that. made it a wife and child to make it more... Or, I, not even like more I guess relatable more or tragic, more so it makes sense that Louis going around looking for someone to end his life you know so I guess that does make it more tragic yeah Louis, like your child and wife all in the, the same motion so um I understand the change it's not really that important the point of it was is that he was looking to die yeah and he was looking to die he so, lost somebody close um, yeah and unless that's like hey hey you wanna I've got a cure for that you could die but how about you live forever in torment or you could live forever yeah 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 like a millennial's worst nightmare (laughs) yeah (laughs) where's our like i think all millennials (laughs) vampire came up to them be like hey could kill you yes no or no 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 we want the first one (laughs) yes (laughs) i don't need to hear option b they didn't like really talk about obviously they're not going to show Claudia and Louis traveling the world that would take up too much time. Um, art did, through art did it through and art um, pictures. I mean, they missed out the thing with like Belladonna or well, no Bobette, right? Bobette, yeah, Bobette and Belladonna. Yeah, Belladonna. Yeah. <laughs> <Or> like, <laughs> Sorry, Bobette, I put Bobette, that in your head. <laughs> important, but um, yeah. Louis became, though, what I don't know, the statement's very strange, but became less racist when he was a vampire because he saw all humans 
as equal because he was he was looking at it from a outside perspective of no longer being human but it doesn't mean he didn't kill his slaves along with other people that lived in the town to feed so he started looking at all of them as equal in the sense that they're all food so i mean it's like yeah so you're all equally my food still (laughs) treating them less than you know it's just you go from less than to another less yeah It, it was not there's no good change here there's no but it's it's interesting that they didn't take out like or they didn't show some of like really like Louis's flaws in the film. They kind of kept him like the very empathetic character and the very tormented soul. I mean, yeah. it's so I mean him yeah. telling his story so he wouldn't, you know, show his flaws, I feel like because it's Louis, he's still maybe yeah. that's the super, superiority part of him is that he's not I mean, showing his flaws. I was innocent. I I, I had so my hands were clean of this. Um, but no, yeah, I can see from if you're just speaking from your perspective, and like I know Lestat ends up calling like a lot of BS right on it, and it was like Louis's perspective isn't the entire yeah. truth. So then we're stuck here, like, who's telling the truth? <laughs> like, I think I would definitely believe, like, I think Louis's telling the truth completely. Um, especially when you base it off Lestat, seeing Lestat in more depth throughout the rest of the Chronicles. Um, you're like, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. But it is, you know, we see it's interesting that we see like Louis flaws in the book, but we, but he doesn't like emphasize on it, but then it kind of is there because it's his interview. So like he is the narrator and perspective. So Mm -hmm. maybe he didn't see him as flaws at the time at all. Like, and he could, yeah, that could be his internal in um, superiority complex that like these aren't flaws or because I was in this time period that's not a flaw yeah you know and I'm like what? <laughs> to us now it very much it very much is you know <laughs> yeah yes but he kind of separates himself from could you yeah and could you imagine any sort of responsibility side, to any it was my human faults. side I'm better now it's like when people have like those like yes. alternative personalities <laughs> when they're drunk <laughs> yeah that that was my my drunk mm. personality. It's all their fault. It's like no, you gotta take responsibility so for all truth. of you. <laughs> you were, you just had, a, <laughs> you just had the courage to speak your inner truth. You are gonna hold yourself responsible for everything that came out of your mouth, yep. <laughs> everything you did. But tell me about Armand. Well, so one thing that's interesting. So he, I mentioned how he has like that sort of cult, the devil worshiping, and like the one reason why the sort of classic vampire motif of being a fear afraid of crosses is something that the, he sort of holds against them and that they also believe. Um, but Lestat comes in and is like, look, I'm literally holding a cross and it is not doing anything to me. And so kind of just, you know, showing how like vampires have nothing to do with, you know, God and the devil and any of that 
because they have like Akasha who's an Egyptian you know goddess and like how they all started and something completely separate but then there is a book that's like men knock the devil and Lestat specifically has to contemplate the devil and God so it's kind of bringing back into the like vampires and their association with the devil which is interesting when like earlier on he was like oh we don't have anything to do with this we don't need to involve ourselves in this and then later <laughs> we he have does nothing have to do because we have everything to do i feel bad for armand as well i think that um also had nothing to really offer really old vampire right like armand i mean because like in the film he claims that he's like the oldest living vampire when he's not because marius is older who's his maker just all these vampires just lonely man like i just they just i mean i can understand why armand stuck like hoarded kind of his kind you know because like you're lonely and now you need this new like this people to relate to that need to be on your level as in a vampire so um i can completely understand why he hoarded them together and felt less lonely also was kind of their their leader so he kind of and that's kind of part of his like manipulating people is that he put himself in a position of power he's like i'm the oldest vampire (laughs) follow me (laughs) if you want to live um (laughs) like that sort of thing and then like lestat comes in and was like oh you guys don't need to live this way and like so you're almost kind of wondering it's like well who was in the right here obviously Armand's doing some fear-mongering to, like, kind of keep these vampires together. But then he, like, when Lestat comes and, like, encourages them to go live out in the human world and create the theater, Armand goes with them and, like, helps with the theater, sort of, um, as best, you know, as Armand would. (laughs) But, so it's, like, he's changing, Lestat's, like, specifically changing things for them, but Armand still wants to keep these people under him, or not these people, these vampires, this like coven. Maybe of has a little bit of um, maybe like a little bit of a power complex. Then I think he likes having the authority yeah. and the manipulation over them. And then Lestat likes to shake things up. Yeah. He's that guy, like, I do what I want, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's her the pot. Yeah. He likes to stir the pot, mess with things, like trying to pop yep, in, trying to find some purpose in his immortal life, out. and you know, shaking things up, going his own way. Louis the tormented soul. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why me? Even though it's just I think like I why me? <laughs> and um, the he did the last sunrise. Um, was um that Louis described. But and then in the movie, they they had him speak that I saw a sunrise again, you know, when the film was invented. Did not happen in the book. But I yeah. understand that. The, um, I guess to make a lighter note of something that you know, gloomy, right? The the story is gloomy and tragic. Yeah, and tragic. Yeah, it's, it's end, a pretty you know, gloomy story. Light, yeah, like, oh, I was able to. Here's some hope. I was able to see sunrise again in a way, you know. Um, I think they're kind of also doing is like a transition from like 
everything that had just happened in Paris because that's like kind of the last thing that we saw because we don't see him traveling with Armand. We see him like dealing with Claudia's death, him being alone, and then like him, you know, just killing up on yes. his kind. <laughs> and then, which, you know, you're not supposed to do. <laughs> There's a whole song about it in the musical. Um, and then him being alone again. And so like they're I guess they're kind of trying to find hope in his loneliness when like for so long he just he'd been sad about his loss of companionship with his brother and or wife and child and then like he had a companionship with Lestat and then Claudia and then Armand and then he's alone again and so like oh he found hope within himself by seeing a sunrise in the cinema (laughs) a gateway to almost in a way the outside world again the day the world of light again but also like a a gateway into human you know because like humans can see the sunrise and you know the sunset and like he cannot can vampires see the sunset is that dark enough for them we're talking about i mean it depends on which kind (laughs) of vampire you're going with because dracula Dracula was able to, but these vampires obviously we know what happens when they see the sun. Um I don't right. think so. And then there's <laughs> I mean there's some story or just leave it at that. No. And then there's some stories where like they physically can't be awake when the sun's okay. out. Yeah. And would only like wake up when just the sun. There's different approaches to that, but I don't think they can see Does any their coffin sort of let them UV know? rays. Does their coffin like, hey, it's dark now. <laughs> yeah, do they have do they have a coffin alarm? It wakes like, you up I, with, I want with an alarm. Also, like I or just like their body just let them know it's dark enough to get up out of their coffin. Probably I mean, if they're sleeping in a coffin, it should be dark they, because you're in a coffin. Like the whole point of one is yeah. to like not let the outside in um to help preserve bodies. So I don't I, but I'm sure like internal clock, like oh we all have God. internal clocks. I like I like how you yeah, mine's, in this case, mine's messed up we right totally now. We have internalized clocks. None of us have none of us have it. Like I don't go to bed till like, like seven. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Like, we should have one of these things that, like, okay, kind of tell us, oh, you've had enough hours. sleep. Go, wake up! Wake the hell up! You got to sleep for two hours? Right. Yes. That, that is too much. Being exactly. generous with you. <laughs> yeah. You you need to yeah, stop sleeping. You me. need to get There's up and, like, stress about, about something. <laughs> get up. Or, you know, inconsistent work schedules. We don't have those that make our sleep body clocks to not know what day it is or if I work. But I think back then they did. Right? I mean, you would usually huh. up with the dawn bed to the bed to the dark. I get it when it's like back then. Yeah. And, you know, Benjamin Franklin's little early to bed, early to rise thingy. But um, it's... Uh, yeah. It's very different. And then we also... It's different nowadays. 
I would like to see the Silicon Valley coffin, though. That, I want like, one. really talks to you. It's like a smart yes, coffin. Yes, I, I want one. It's got apps on the lid. You can just, like... Um, but I... Oh, that'd be cool. I would hang out in a coffin. Um, would I, though? Mm. We'll see how my claustrophobic... We'll see how claustrophobic I am. If you want to test how claustrophobic you are, sit in a coffin. But if it had apps right. on the inner door, like, top, on the inner top, on Netflix inside a coffin. You just lay there watching Netflix. <laughs> true i couldn't do that because i can't sew while you're laying in a coffin so but, i would not partake <laughs> also the cats yeah would like be angry. excuse me be like i can't sleep on top of you <laughs> maybe you could sit in the coffin and sew and have the top off that and might. also note that <laughs> google get on this in the beginning like Lestat did tell louis you know you do have to sleep in a coffin and he actually slept with him for um a time yeah yeah and then you, it, roommates for a while and then they were roommates they, basically let's talk yeah and, and louis very are close roommates the, they were roommates like a joke um and then uh right I guess moved yeah. out and got his own coffin <laughs> yeah i understand them not doing that you gotta upgrade because that's gay yeah dude i wonder what they i mean like yeah. it seems like everything nowadays is being remade and even if it's solid and good they uh, people yeah. are, people are just deciding oh right <laughs> no that means that means then they have to remake it if it's good if it's bad we just kind of forget about it even if it is like a good story i wonder if poorly if made, they did though. soon like if they would add in those details that now we're not so society's not so <gasps> about who knows i mean we might see it 20 years right. in the future or maybe they'll pick up lestat the the book about lestat or start continuing the rest of the chronicles after queen the damned um lestat the vampire i think is the second one right and then queen of the damned and then we go on the list yeah. of 13 <laughs> you know in the middle it kind of yeah. incorporates the witches stuff so i don't know if they would you know, also need to yeah. incorporate, like, um, make those ones. So, who knows what we'll see in the future. But it would be cool yeah, to could, see yeah, all of them. Imagine? Yeah. Or at least. Know? Oh, making it, Some like, of the, uh, the big ones. Series as well would be smart. Like, would I be, guess, if it's an hour long, like, three episodes could cover one book. So, like, you could do three. And it would probably be better, because, like, then you can incorporate a whole lot more. Because it's a series, so you have more time. Don't have to worry so much about, you know, is somebody going to sit there for yeah, three hours exactly. and watch I know that, film? like, apparently just watching three episodes of something an hour long is less intimidating or overwhelming than a three-hour film to most people. Is there anything you want to talk, uh, wrap up with Armand? So I will say that there are three Armands out there. Um, the Surprisingly, the Queen of the Dance is, like, the only one that actually got his physical yeah. or his... Mm-hmm characteristics because he's got ginger curly hair in that one and he looks kind of cheruby which is how he's described but the one in the musical is actually why i found the musical and that there was a listat musical because i did not know but he was an actor in another vampire thing which will be discussed soon on this podcast and i was like i like this actor what else has he been in and then i saw that he was in listat the musical and i was like oh that's a thing and then I found it, and then I watched it, and then I watched the Broadway one, and yeah, and here we are today. 
And then but there like, is Antonio Menderes. Yeah, I like Armand. <laughs> yes, who I I can't help but also I, always know, just sort of I think understand. of some boots. But one hundred percent aging him up. I I get it. And like you know what, Antonio Menderes was very hot at in the nineties, um, and this really made his Hollywood career to play Armand. And you know. He's a living vampire anyways. Mm-hmm. I mean, that guy doesn't age. And, like, just one of the most beautiful voices I've ever right. heard. And I'm like, you have to put this guy as a vampire at some point in his life. So I'm very glad that they yeah. they went with him um, very much. So, so I mean, I'm glad that mm-hmm. in other life forms, you know, like, Armand is represented from description-wise. Which is good to hear in other forms. But, like, Antonio was definitely a good choice. He's among the living vampires. And that's why I'm a little sad that, like, Johnny Depp didn't... I wonder what Lestat would be like if Johnny Depp took the part. And this is back in the 90s, before he was Captain Jack Sparrow for everything. Think more like Edward Scissorhands Like, because Johnny Depp's kind of vampire doesn't age either. So, maybe they made the pact there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe everyone who was <laughs> considered for the spot still made the pact. <laughs> like, I mean, even Brad Pitt's not aging, right. So, I mean, <laughs> Armand the podcast. <laughs> so, in conclusion of Armand in the musical, I know I keep bringing it up, but like that's what I've been listening to a lot lately. But so, in the musical, the the Lestat kind of has a sort of accent but sort of not it's like he's trying to do something different but like whenever he's sometimes when he says the name armand it sounds Be, like he's because saying in all, almond, because in almond and that joy. brings me joy because it's like a food there joke you, <laughs> you just punch yourself exactly exactly <laughs> do you have any Robert final conclusions that, about that he also Louis? has a superiority <laughs> complex and that he uh, tormented beyond that oh but he did um he did try to, like, when they first moved, I think, like, he tried to create human relationships again um, with, like, oh, God, I don't, I, okay, I think it was two people. And one of them, I think, was a minister. And it, they didn't even last a day. He ended up feeding on him. He couldn't, couldn't even form, I think it, I think it was a, a great mark to show, like, he can't relate to humanity anymore. He can't see them different from, like, through a vampire's eyes of them being actual food and not thinking of, thinking of them as inferior yeah. beings at that point. So um, I think that's what it was trying to demonstrate. Um, and also that, like, Lestat made a friend with a painter, right? That that also didn't work out. But they kind of, like, made it a, like, a hint at it in yeah. the film but didn't show it. So, yeah, like... Like, I think it was, like, yeah, asked to paint them. Or was it... Was it Lestat? Yeah, it was Lestat. Like, and asked for... um To be painted. And then, like, they didn't even finish the painting. He got upset that they ate them because they looked at the painting and it was looking so good. <laughs> Oops! Like, can, I, can you... Can I undead you? I want you to finish this painting. It was, it was looking great. Last fun fact, though. Um... They asked, so the first time, like, you know, um, Kirsten Dunst kissed a man was um, Brad Pitt. And, like, her response in the interview was just, like, it was gross. (laughs) 
and that apparently bad, Brad Pitt had really <laughs> bad BO. Like Tom Cruise really noted on it, and like apparently it's been noted throughout Ooh. other people that worked with him in the film, like other films, like especially in Glorious Bastards and stuff. Has nothing to do with a vampire, but it, you know mm-hmm. he's the actor playing the vampire. Oh boy! <laughs> on that note, I have been Charlotte. Uh, my Instagram is at Evil Queen Charlotte. Um, I will be posting updates uh, about this podcast there. And with me, <laughs> yes, was Haku um, at I like how you said your Instagram. I have been Charlotte, like who Maybe. are you? Who are, who are you, you going to, to become? <laughs> I have been Charlotte for this time. I'm being. a cosplayer. I don't know what I'll be tomorrow. <laughs> my Instagram. Exactly, my Instagram I've been is myself at Vanilla. <laughs> rose.prince Halloween everyone it's Halloween month so it's Halloween every day now alright thank you for having me on Charlotte thank you for joining me in this discussion entire podcast and I will be tuning into them I bid you adieu now